Hi guys, and welcome to episode 55 of the Optical View podcast. Today I have on the Queen Batsy. The Queen Batsy is a drag performer. Very interesting episode. Uh, I was, and still partly am, uh, not as knowledgeable about what drag is and all that stuff. We go over some, uh, I think, some very important questions as to what drag is and what they do and stuff to that effect. I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Optical View Podcast. I think this is going to be a very informative and very interesting episode for everyone to listen to and and see where it goes. Now, before we get into who you are and what you do, I have some quick rapid-fire questions here for you. Perfect. Favorite genre of music? Ooh, gothic. Favorite thing about yourself is? My eyes. Mm. What's the best gift that you've ever received? Ooh, uh, the gift of life. I'm going to flip that around. What's the best gift that you ever gave? Oh, uh, the the gift of uh, <laughs> probably is, uh, you know, like, a, I don't know, a McDonald's gift card or a Tim's gift card. A gift card? That's the best <laughs> gift that you've ever given? No, uh, the, the thing that came to mind first isn't exactly friend. <laughs> um, probably, probably a nice cashmere sweater. Okay. I'm very thoughtful in that regard. You have a favorite quote. If you do, what is it? Uh, you have to kill the person you are to become the person you want to be. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. If a movie ever gets made about you, who will play you in the movie? Me. I like it. <laughs> We're going to move on to this or that. Perfect. Introverted or extroverted? Both. Okay. Ambiverted. Audiobook or podcast? A-, a podcast, definitely. Hot or cold weather? Leaning to cold. It's very hot and drag. Cats or dogs? Ah, I love both, but I gotta go with dogs. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee, 100%. Morning or night person? Night person, but wake up early to exist at night. All right, you got to explain that one. <laughs> Wake up at like 2 a.m. So it's nice and dark out. So you can be awake at night, but still in the morning. Okay, I got you. All right. Tacos or burgers? Veggie burgers. Okay. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes, 100%. Okay. Soup or salad? Salad. Probably my favorite one because uh, it seems to be all over the place. Pizza or pasta? Oh, it's got to be pizza. I'm I'm a slut for pizza every day of the week. Okay. And last one here. Do you have any tattoos? And if you do, what is your favorite one? I have about, I think, 10 or 11 tattoos. And my favorite one that I have is on my bicep, the inside. And it's a little set of vampire. It's a lips with like a vampire fang with a little bit of blood coming out of it. All right. Well, let's get into it. Who are you and what do you do? My name is Batsy or the Queen Batsy, if you will. Uh, or Batsy last name, or anything really, just don't call me late for dinner. I'm your local promiscuous goth uh, in the GTA. I do drag performances locally, online, and uh, I like to sell coffee in my spare time. 
Perfect. Now, I know I already spoke to you a little bit before we got recording, but I do want to say this on the podcast as well. Um, I'm trying my best, and I don't want anything to come out uh, offensive to you or anybody listening. A lot of it is just me not being informed or misinformed or that's, both. So That's, per- that's A-OK. I'm looking to offend as many people as possible. <laughs> you should listen. If you know what happens with my downstairs bit, downstairs bits in drag, uh, you would want to offend as many people as possible too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> first question: What is drag? Drag is the expression and art form of gender and the expression of your gender. Does that make sense? Did I explain that well? <laughs> kind of. It, it's um. You said your gender. Yeah, so your drag can be whatever it wa- like whatever you want it to be. There are no rules or regulations when it comes to drag. However, um, if you're gonna work, do drag. There's a performance aspect to it. However, the performances vary. Um, there's no. It's really hard to put a title on drag. It's like saying what is art, <laughs> mm. like you know. So it's very much in the lane of whatever you want it to be and whatever you make of it. So, but inherently revolving around gender or gender roles or gender expression. Okay. So, you know, you said drag queen. Um, mm-hmm. Is there also drag king? There are. There are many a talented drag kings. Uh, I personally know a good few drag kings, as well as I know gender or sorry, uh, drag artists or drag clowns. It doesn't necessarily revolve around the the binary aspect of gender it can be all sorts we're welcoming to everyone it's kind of the idea got it so so that's is that how you identify like if if it's queen female or king male uh for the most part like yeah you could if you want to lean into the more rigid side of things yes uh, a queen generally portrays as like a like a female impersonator and then a king uh, a male impersonator however i mean we're we're that's semantics we we do what we want when we want it cool yes and now you spoke about in and out of drag yes right so uh, first off ex- explain what it what, what is that so when i'm in drag uh it's really hard to explain so think of let's put it into perspective of clark kent and superman right okay the thing i like about superman is that It's Clark Kent is the alter ego, right? Superman is the real version of who he is. He's not putting on a disguise when he becomes Superman. He's putting on a disguise to become Clark Kent. So when I'm in drag as Batsy, that's still me. That's 100% me. Do I have a wig on? Absolutely. Am I wearing H-cup boobs? Probably. Do I have a couch cushion on the side of my hips making, giving me a more voluptuous figure? Absolutely. But that's still all me. I'm still there. It's me when I'm my out of drag persona. That's what I I tend to perform a little bit more, I'd say. And when are you in and out of drag? So basically, if I'm ever recording anything, if I'm on stream, uh, I stream on Twitch occasionally. Um, If I'm recording something for the internet, all the people online, uh, or if I'm doing a live performance or say like a trivia night, then I'm in drag, I'm in the geesh, as we would call it. I'm in makeup, I'm in hair, pads, you know, boobs, nails, all that fun stuff. Drag is a pain. <laughs> the pain, but you love it. Oh, we love the pain. Beauty's pain. Okay. All right. 
And so, like you said, when you when you become this person, when you become Batsy, or you know, yeah, uh, in terms of physically, anyways, right, with with the looks, mm-hmm. are those physical appearances things that you wish you had all the time? That's a really interesting question. Um, so there's a clear, there's definitely a distinction between the profession and art form that is drag and then also the gender identity of being say a woman or a man or anything in between or uh, unrelated to right so although the, i know many one of my one of my best drag sisters is a trans woman and drag as an art form would be absolutely nowhere without trans people uh, specifically trans people of color um we wouldn't we wouldn't have anything that we have today if it weren't for those individuals that being said um you don't you don't have to be trans you don't have to be non-binary you can be cisgendered you could be heterosexual it does it, it's completely separated anyone can do drag therefore uh i uh enjoy as i like to call it my boy body uh as well as the batsy body I like having the two distinct. I enjoy both aspects. Mm-mm. So they're two separate people. Yes and no. That is the question, isn't it? I am Batsy as well as I am out of Batsy. You know, so technically, yes. Do I, I like having the separation? Like, um, but they in inherently, I I dip into Batsy and boy life all the time, and Batsy dips into boy, if that makes sense. <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> a, a little again we'll probably touch on this more but yeah that's okay i usually ask this um in the beginning but i wanted to try to wrap my head like i said a lot of it is myth or in information on my part and so now that that's kind of slightly cleared out of the way a, a little bit anyways mm-hmm. how did you first get into this this whole line of of dragging if you will <laughs> yeah um well when i turned 19 on my 19th birthday i had a very different experience than most people i would argue um i have been i have been a fan of drag since i was like 14 15 obviously of course my intro to it was uh drag race um the popular television show um but there's so many more venues of drag than there it than there was and that there always has been um i've been a big fan of all of it gender expression performing the whole shebang the whole kit and caboodle since i was a kid and when I turned 19, I was finally able to go to a bar where, you know, drag is primarily done. Um, and my parents very kindly for my 19th birthday bought me my first two wigs. And I emailed the local club uh, in Durham and I, I did my first ever show there unpaid. <laughs> and I just wanted to perform. And I never looked back since. since. And what is performing? So mostly, I would argue locally, uh, the general thing that we do is lip syncing. Some uh, entertainers perform live, and that's also super cool and valid. Um, But a lot of the time, it's lip syncing to popular music, uh, different audio tracks. I like to do my own custom mix tracks or uh, mixes, and I'll either mash up a few songs and then have a few funny audios or TikTok sounds in between to make people giggle and laugh and keep them interested because I find it's very difficult for me to do a full three and a half minute song without uh, making fun of myself. So 
You said that you got interested in it at a younger age. Yeah. Right? 14, 15. That you're still in uh, high school at that age. No. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I was absolutely in high school. How did that af- How did that affect, I mean, high school in the way that not only were you perceived, but the way that you perceived other people? Well, in high school, it was really tough because I came out as bi when I was 15. And I'm 22 now. Uh, and a real... It was it was tough because there weren't a lot of other queer or LGBTQ plus people in my life. I had a few choice characters that uh, were awesome, but obviously they're doing their own thing. They're not going to, you know, I, I didn't really have that whole huge support structure of like openly knowing that drag was something that was OK to be done. Uh, and so I just kind of felt like I was forging my own path um, or following a path that was forged prior and then you know, following it on my own. However, the main difficulties that I found going through high school and trying to express myself were I was just so scared of being judged for who I wanted to be. And so that kept me in a box for a long time, a metaphorical box that uh, I repressed a lot of this. And it wasn't till I was starting to be more comfortable outside of that environment. Um, was I able to like fully and truly embrace the the parts of me that I now uh, appreciate most? What what parts are those? <laughs> uh, my true sense of humor, uh, my my wit, my love of the art of drag, and my giant H cup boobs. Now I'm very curious about this. You know, and, and you said that you like to make fun of yourself often, as I think I think a lot of people do. I mean, I know I do that as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being in drag and out of drag, do you, does the um, non-drag you, the non-bat to you ever make fun of the bat to you? Or is it always, you know, if you're in bats, you're going to make fun of bat to you or, you know what I mean? Like, are you are you going between the two? Mm-hmm. I um let's just start off by saying my name is Jake outside of drag as well. So boy drag Jake and then girl drag Batsy. Um I definitely have always I came I come from a super sarcastic, very humor-based household. I credit that to my my love of, you know, self-deprecating humor as well as all things uh mean-spirited and sarcastic. But we, I, I generally, I love making people laugh. It's always been something that I've done. And the easiest way that I found was to make fun of myself. And I knew that if I could make somebody else laugh, I was making their day better. They're having a better time and they're smiling and laughing. Uh, and that made me smile and laugh too. So that's something that I, uh, I really enjoy doing on both sides of the spectrum, I guess. Okay. All right. And in terms of, I'm trying to think about how to properly word this. Yeah, that's okay. Um, in terms of, like you said, sexual preference with you being bi and in the drag community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is obviously very specific to you and not not the same for. Yeah, we're not generalizing. This yeah. is uh, this is solely my lived experience that we're exactly. talking about. Um, do you think that that would have changed? if you didn't have the same uh, feelings for both? That's an intriguing question. I honestly don't know because uh, 
regard like the way that I've come to learn about the gender spectrum and where how it works and how it can work for you and how the binary isn't strictly the only uh, regimen to follow when it comes to gender expression and identities, binary being male or female. Um, it was really, I would argue, the most impactful thing for me was the movie, <laughs> the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, I remember being 12 and seeing that movie and seeing Frankenfurter being super uh, expressive and breaking all sorts of gender roles. Tim Curry will always be an idol to me for it. But that movie specifically, uh, I would argue, started that snowball effect of me getting into drag and gender expression as an art form. Um, I honestly, I don't know if it if it would have changed if I was, say, only attracted to women or only specifically attracted to men. I don't. I don't think that would have had anything to do with it. As long as I saw that movie, I think I was. It got me hook, line, and sinker. Mm. And I guess something else is, you know, being at different shows and seeing um, different people's drag. What would you? Is it costumes, outfits? What physical appearance? What would that be known as? For somebody's drag persona, or yeah. like, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot to a, someone's drag persona because it's like an alter ego, right? Uh, the way I look at Batsy um, is I'm able to make my own weaknesses as Jake, her strengths. Uh, and I'm able to use some of those insecurities that have always been there since, uh, you know, the, the Ice Age or whenever, long ago. Um, and I'm able to rework those and repurpose those into uh, creating her and making her essentially my own superhero. And... Uh, I'm a huge nerd. I love comics and I love all things nerdy. So being able to make that intersection was also really cool. Uh, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Like, Remind me. What would you call it? Is it, is it? is it a persona or is it like a costume or does it change based on um, the person? Or the... Yeah, so it's definitely a person by person basis. Like uh, your your drag could be whatever you want it to be. Like for a while there, Batsy was just like a, when I was first starting out, it wasn't, I didn't lean into it as much. And I was just like, oh, I want to be a sexy, like e-girl. And then it evolved more into like a vampire look. And then a few years ago, I made the switch to like a full on gothic as well as um, like a witch vibe. And I've leaned into that recently. I've taken a lot of inspiration from uh, shows like Bewitched or Sabrina the Teenage Witch is like a popular look of mine that I do. Um and I just, it's like a niche that you want to see filled, so you fill it. I know my, one of my drag sisters, Lilith, she is a demon succubus from hell. We love that. And then we have another drag sibling of mine, um, Malicious. They're another demon, but they're more like a clown demon. So we all have our own different niches and slots we like to fill. Yeah. Pardon, pardon the innuendo. No, you're all good. You're all good. So <laughs> So, so working off of that there, like that kind of that kind of touched on it. Then, um, you know, whether you're in drag or out of drag, right? Do you ever see a drag, I guess, persona or or whatever that person would be, mm -hmm. and be attracted to that drag, but not towards the non-drag version of them? Intriguing. Or the other way around. I'm rarely attracted to another drag entertainer uh, in drag just because I have the <laughs> I have the the knowledge that that 
tells me this person's in an immense amount of pain and they're not i don't know many entertainers who um there's a there's a huge thing about people sexualizing drag queens like a lot of a lot of people sexualize them and sure do we have burlesque and cabaret acts at nightclubs absolutely but we also have you know pantomimes and drag queens who read to children on Sundays at the local library. So there's a broad spectrum to it. And the the notion that anyone would want to do the do or, you know, do anything along those lines in drag to me is irksome because I'm like, I'm wearing a couch cushion on my hips. I'm wearing late, like giant latex boobs, three pounds of makeup on my face. My face is taped back. I've got a wig on. I'm in six inch platform heels. And I just want to go to bed. Mm -hmm. I just I want to take it all off and go to bed. Get my check and get out. It's a job. It's a job for me. As much as it is, it did save my life, I would say. Oh, okay. Let's. Yeah. How did? Okay. How did it save your life? So drag as an art form, um, really allowed me to express who I am in a way that is healthy. It's safe. It makes me happy. It makes other people happy. It gets me paid. It it's something that I've been able to create and harness for myself with the help of uh, my lovely designer, Avery, as well as the plethora of people that I've worked with in drag to make the experience viable and uh, profitable and just enjoyable altogether. It's it's a it's my dream that I want to follow. Now, you did speak quite a bit about money there and finances. Would mm -hmm. you still be batsy if there was no income or money so i've been batsy so i've been doing drag for uh it'll in this may it'll only be four years i think no yeah yeah math um so there's a long time there where i was working for specific venues or different organizations alongside them and i was doing like six numbers with like multiple costume changes a lot of effort on my part especially for someone who's new and getting paid very minimal just because the money's not there, right? Like it's not, it wasn't super profitable. It was an art form that I wanted to do and it was something that I had passion for. So even to this day, I still say all the time that I would do drag for free, but I can't eat free, right? And I actually, I just quit my job a little while ago, like my nine to five to focus on Batsy full-time and I've been able to make a profit and I can pay rent and my car and I can pay for my dogs. So I can't be mad at that. Wow. So that, that is that that's your breadwinner. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment. I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm looking at getting just like a small one, one to two shifts a week just to have as like a, you know, for the winter months when things are a little drier for us entertainers, I'll get a, a smaller source of income, but honestly, yeah. I want to, Batsy is going to be the main career for probably the rest of my life. Now, I'm curious because you mentioned a little bit about this when, when speaking about kids. You know, what are your thoughts on um, drag performers interacting with kids? So there is definitely a line. Um, and I think that... Um, Anyone who hasn't experienced a drag show or doesn't know the vibe doesn't really have a say in it. Like, I would never, ever ask a lawmaker to put a bill in place to say drag performers don't deserve to be around children. Because when you get into the semantics of what is a drag performer, 
someone who's their dress and their garb and their appearance doesn't match their biological gender markers, that's when you start infringing on trans people and gender non-conforming people. And you can use that legislation to be incredibly, incredibly hateful and discriminatory against those mar already marginalized groups of people. And I use my drag and I actively want to use my drag moving forward as um, just a way to show these people that sure, as much as I'm a silly clown in drag, um, trans people deserve rights, gender non-conforming, gender non-conforming people deserve rights. And we really, 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 this is not the main topic. I don't think this is a scapegoat. Like all of these concerns being brought up. Oh, think of the children, Mary, whose children are these children in the room with us right now? Like what I, I posted on my story a little while ago being like, I am not a child entered. I'm not a child friendly entered drag entertainer. You will find those and those are a okay. And they're doing story time at the library or wherever. And that's amazing. And they're super, super tame. And they're awesome with kids. I don't know. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like, do you want, do you want a beer? Cause that's, I usually work in the nightclub scene. We're moving out of that, but that's a joke. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing that. I'm just saying it's not, it's not my bread and butter. Yes. No, I was just so curious, right? Because um, like you mentioned, was it's almost like an alter ego. Yeah. Right? Do you think that can be hurtful towards um, younger kids, especially that are still unsure of how to I, whether it's identify or see the world or anything like that? I think it could be super helpful, um, purely based on my experience, because I remember as a kid there, I was never not looking for a form of escapism, whether it was uh, the now looking back uh, poorly written and not very well done Harry Potter movie franchise where I was obsessed with them when I was a kid, or if it was the Percy Jackson book series, or if it was something that I could, you know, completely make my life into and I wouldn't have to worry about figuring out who I was as a person or X, Y, Z, I could solely dive into this topic. And it wasn't until that I found drag that I was able to do that in a healthy way. I was able to express myself and fall into this weird, dif different state of being um, without fully, you know, compromising myself. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, I can go into it a little further. Probably to someone. Right? Yeah, probably out there. If you're listening, I see you. <laughs> Me, because I've never, I've never felt that right i've never the, the closest thing that i come to a, a, you know a, an alter ego or alter persona mm -hmm. is when i fight right like i i fight amateurly and it's you know it, it, it's like i'm not the same person right i like to think of myself as a very respectful and nice and gentle and and non-aggressive person but mm -hmm. obviously when when you fight i can't be that no right? exactly I, the, almost the opposite i mean minus the respect part right mm -hmm. no it's definitely there's i can see some intersectionalities there for sure i mean yeah that that that's the closest thing so i mean it might make sense to someone out there but some of what you're saying it won't resonate with me yeah right I, and, and i think that's okay i think drag is an art form for I think everyone should try drag at least once, but drag as a career is not for everyone. It is a commitment. Um, but I think I think going to a drag show and seeing for yourself the love and joy that these entertainers put into their craft 
uh, and the way that we are so committed to making everyone else feel better and also get tipped um, is, is a sight in itself. So I, I can definitely see how being a drag queen is, is very similar to stepping into the ring. I know somebody who is, has been on our, like mine and my friend's case to do a drag wrestling match for a long time. Maybe that'll happen one day. Maybe, maybe. Now, uh, these shows, right? Mm -hmm. is, is it like a place? Is there a first, second, and third with prize money? So there absolutely are pageants uh, or different, like, uh, what, what would be the competitions? Yep. Uh, I've won a drag youth competition in, like, the first year or two when I started out, as well as I, I was in one pageant, uh, I think, the year after, and I came second place, uh, and that was it was for a local thing. And there absolutely are gradings and there's like a hierarchy to that side of it. You can definitely go into the pageant world and be uh, Miss Gay USA, I know is a huge one, or Miss Continental. There's a lot of pageants revolving around drag. Uh, however, I lean more towards the entertainment side of things where say I'll do a trivia night or I'll do an open stage where I invite entertainers to come out and then they work for tips. And then we I can use that as maybe to find more entertainers that I can bring into like paid slots as well. It's a way for newer, fresher faces to get, you know, to get in the game. If it, if it, if that makes sense. And are you, do you have a manager or somebody that, that does the management and books the gigs? Or are you doing all of that yourself? For a while there, when I was working uh, at my other job, I did have a manager, um, but we came to an agreement after I left my, my job. I didn't, I had the time that I was able to be my own manager. So it just didn't make sense, but we're, we're still on great terms and we're still very good friends. Okay. That's okay. That's yeah. It's very interesting, right? Because mm -hmm. I, a very niche market right you it's just super niche you know i don't know if there's a pub called this but the bulldog pub and, and go you know i want to host a drag show here right i i imagine that mm -hmm. would be very um negatively is that is that the case honestly it can uh i'm currently in that weird space where i'm i'm reaching out to different venues and different spaces to see if they want to put on uh a drag show or anything along those lines and a lot of it is fear there's a lot of fear-based uh things com that come into play as well because you never know what can incite violence in people especially with everything scary happening in the states with uh people's rights and all of the atrocities that are going on in say tennessee where drag entertainers are being criminalized for just doing their job as well as trans people are forced being forced to um detransition within a year all of this ridiculous nonsense uh is trickling up and i've had a few uh, i guess you could i guess haters like i've uh i've started working with the local business uh deadly grounds they've been absolutely amazing i actually just did a trivia night there last night and it went splendid everyone had a lovely time people won a lot of prizes and there were a lot of laughs had uh but at another business that i just started working with 8-bit beans um, they had a, they had somebody berate them, uh, publicly in their comments, as well as message them privately spewing this vile, disgusting hate about how, how, how do you think this is family friendly? This is disgusting X, Y, Z. And, um, you, it's a mixed bag. Honestly, you just have to be, I have to tell the businesses that I'm looking at working with and putting on shows at that this is a very real 
and danger, a dangerous thing that they have to look out for. And they have to be prepared for if they're taking me on or my constituents on as um, forms of entertainment. But you said you're you're different in the fact that you aren't necessarily family friendly. I'm not. Yeah, I never claim to be um, family friendly or a children's act. Um, however, should a parent decide that they want to bring their child or minor uh, to my show and the venue allows that? Absolutely. Why would I say no? That is their parent. Right. That's their right as a parent to bring their child into an all ages friendly space. Right. It's not like they're bringing their child to a nightclub. That would be a different story because then there's it's they serve alcohol. It's a legal thing. But um, I they uh, I make it clear that I am not for children specifically. I'm not Mother Teresa over here. <laughs> yes. Yes. And something that you spoke about um, earlier. I mean, I have it written down here and I'm curious. Maybe you can elaborate on it, is is how important the trans community is. And and on top of that, do you think that it's possible that trans people would find drag offensive? Intriguing. I, I truly don't believe so. That being said, uh, I am not a transgender individual. I don't have that lived experience. I am non-binary, meaning I don't adhere necessarily to like man or woman labels um so i can't i can relate in that sense to the trans community however uh at this point in my life i am not a transgender individual um that being said i would reckon that we're a community i mean i'm queer um absolutely through and through i have been my whole life uh, i want nothing but the best for trans people in the trans community i fight for their rights my own rights everyone's rights intersectional rights in general whenever wherever i can um and i would hope that any trans individual listening or uh posing that question would agree with me in the fact that we are together as a united front well let's talk a little bit about pronouns here right? sure your pronouns change in drag and out of drag or how does that work for you specifically yeah so out of drag again uh i'm non-binary i am cool with any pronouns i could you could call me he she they um i even neo pronouns i don't mind at all like i'm not too fussed about it um i would never get offended if you called me another gender i that would never i don't i truly don't mind um, I know that's not the experience of everyone. And so pronouns should be respected always. Uh, but in drag specifically, uh, I request to be called she, her, or they, them at the very least, just because I am a drag queen. I am presenting as a woman. Um, but again, if somebody calls me a man in a wig, they're not wrong. Yes. Yes. Now, um, again, just lack of knowledge for me. What's a neo pronoun? Uh, neo pronouns are a small, I, 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 I forgive me. I don't, I'm not super educated on it. However, they are a internet based, uh, pronoun list of different types of pronouns that you wouldn't necessarily see in the real world that some people, uh, in the community adhere to. I believe again, however, that they are specifically for online usage. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I am not the aform. I'm not the expert on it. However. Okay, you know, I've just never heard. I didn't know. Yeah, that's okay. 
And so you, you talked about ways that you make money with these performances, but you also dove into a little bit on Twitch as well. Yeah. Dive in on that. What do you do on Twitch? Well, so last year we started streaming uh, the members of my drag house. Uh, I'm part of a house called House of Cult. C-U-L-T-T. Uh, and we would stream on Twitch. We played D&D. And we would stream video games occasionally with each other or by ourselves. And we all had an amazing channel. Uh, however, I just opened up my own uh, my own Batsy Twitch channel. And I'll be streaming once or twice a week on there. Uh, and it's still very fresh. Uh, we reached partner on the House of Cult channel, but uh, I'm still, I'm working from square one at the moment. Now, what is partner in terms of Twitch? Uh, I believe AdSense is available. So they put ads on your video and you get, you can be tipped. Oh, you uh, can like Twitch bits, I believe it's called. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, this is something that I've been, I've been absolutely dying to ask you on. Where did the name Batsy come from? So my original drag name was Chameleon, as in chameleon. Um, I found it was too, a little too long, uh, and people kept fucking it up. To be honest, they kept they Camilla Leon, Camilo Leon, and it would just like every single night it would be a different name. So I was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. It's Batsy, it's B A T Z Y, and people still somehow mess it, mess that up and use an S instead of a Z, but. It is what it is. So I just wanted something that was a little shorter. I wanted like a mononym, like just a single name. As much as I love the pun names, I wanted something that nobody else really had and that fit my brand very well, my brand of drag. And so there's no story like you saw a bat flying across the room and you thought, that's it, that's it. Not really. I mean, I, I was like, what do I like? What am I? I'm spooky. I'm a little goth. I'm kooky, but I'm still cute. And I was like, Batsy. I like that. It's short, sweet, to the point. It's kind of like Adele, you know, or Beyonce, the single name. Or uh, I guess like um, Elvira. What's Elvira? Elvira, the mistress of the dark, the horror oh. icon. She's yeah. great. Look her up if you don't know her. Yeah, sorry. No idea. You're oh. good. Let's talk a little bit about some of the difficulties, right? I can only imagine some of the, the tough scenarios. Um, first off, what are some of the ones that you faced and, and how did you overcome them? And any tips for anybody listening? Uh, early on in my drag career, you will be treated. Sorry, early on in my drag career, I was treated a little weirdly. There, the spaces that you can find yourself performing in in the drag scene aren't necessarily always the safest of spaces uh, and you might not always feel comfortable in those spaces uh, so you I recommend finding somewhere that you feel safe and comfortable going to uh, you are valued as well as you feel like you belong there if that makes sense if you feel a sense of community then I th and you feel safe then I highly recommend trying it but um, if you feel in any way in danger or if you don't feel like this is the right vibe or right spot for you, there's always other there's always going to be other venues or opportunities. So don't be afraid to be choosy and try and make your make make your own things happen. That's what I do. So like I'm reaching out to smaller businesses or to local businesses and uh, asking them to help me put on shows to try and, you know, just to reach a reach a broader audience. OK. Mm -hmm. and to help combat that yeah yeah of course and and you know speaking about kind of family and community and stuff like that right what was it like for your family 
um i mean obviously when you came out by and then when you you know told them that you wanted to try drag yeah it was uh it was definitely a transition uh as i i feel like anyone would expect it to be like hey mom i want to put on a wig and boobs and go on stage and get people to put money in my bra um definitely a weird thing to tell your mom when you're like 19 but uh it has done nothing but brought us closer as a family um it's truly awesome my parents have been super supportive amazing and i i i could not ask for a better set of parents um they like i said they purchased my first two wigs in drag they for i think the first three years of my drag they were at every single show of mine now it's uh they're i'm doing trivia and all this stuff and they're like i don't i don't know what i don't i wouldn't do very well uh and i also can't give them free tickets anymore so they um they love to come out and support me whenever they can and they continue continue to support me on a day-to-day -day basis and i love them dearly for it now without mentioning any names if there are any is there anybody in your extended community you know maybe a mean uncle or aunt or, or etc like that mm -hmm. i've never experienced anything along those lines um luckily I mean, I don't, I used to be big into Facebook when I was like a teenager and I would be constantly on it and I was constantly on social media, but now it's, I, I've, I seldom use it. Honestly, I use uh, Instagram for like work and talking to people that I want to talk to, uh, relating to my drag. And then otherwise it's, I'm, I'm texting you. Cause if you, if you try and use any other means of communication, I will not see it. <laughs> I've turned off all notifications on my phone. Cause it's, it just gets, my anxiety gets to a point where I can't look at it. So I luckily have, if if they are saying shit on Facebook, if my aunt Hilbert in, you know, wherever, Saskatchewan, I love them dearly and they haven't, they haven't sent anything and they're awesome. They've, I've had nothing but support all of my family. I've had cousins reach out. I've had aunts and uncles reach out and they're, they all, they all support me and it feels really awesome. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it always comes down to, you know, you're a person first. Yeah absolutely for sure and That's it's not the sorry it's not the super like common experience i would argue a lot of people face more hate than not um but i guess i'm just incredibly lucky in that regard yeah well i mean there's no doubt in my mind for sure you definitely face some type of of um backlash or hate mm -hmm. in some way or another right but it's different when it comes from somebody that you would consider family i completely agree and like ask any queer individual and they'll they'll share some sentiment of the same story whether they were bullied in high school elementary school they were ostracized from a friend group or family it it happens to all of us we share a same we share uh similar books in or sorry similar pages in the same book i would say and it's in that that we're able to help each other and recover and grow as a community yes now this is the question i ask um very certain individuals but i have to ask it for you because i i think um drag and mental health go together you know um immensely what do you do for your mental health to to stay quite literally sane i would argue batsy is one of the biggest ones i mean leaning into her and letting her take the reins genuinely makes me feel good and i when i when i put on the batsy regalia or the drag garb, the geesh, as we would call it. Um, it's super empowering, and it makes me feel really good. That being said, it's also, it can be very draining. 
Like it's a, the whole process takes a good few hours and then all of it's uncomfortable, but it's something that I will, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop doing for a hundred thousand dollars. So I definitely think a nice self-care day once a week, pretty much. I like to, I like to take a day off and just rest, relax, do some laundry, you know, lie in bed, watch a movie, take a bubble bath, hang out with my dogs, nice. that sort of thing. I was in therapy for a little bit too, but, um, my therapist told me I was doing great. So I stopped going. <laughs> That's a good feeling. Yeah. It's a really good feeling <laughs> for the first time ever. I feel super duper ridiculously sent cemented in who I am as a person and that I'm confident that I'll be able to progress as said person. Mm, okay. And I meant to ask you this when we were on the topic, but I didn't. So I'm going to ask it to you now. I know we jumped a bit. When you spoke about safe spaces and community for people getting into it and, and kind of how you were able to find what's safe for you, have you ever had any any situations where you thought your life might be in danger, like a, a, a death, you know, a near-death experience or might turn into that? Mm-hmm. I, um, I, again... I would argue I'm one of the luckier ones. I haven't had any incredibly dangerous scenarios. I've had people reach out online, send hate, but I mean, that's just a click of the block away. Like, so that's not a huge deal. Everyone experiences that to what degree or whatever in the queer community. That being said, I've been downtown in Toronto before walking around the streets out of drag and felt unsafe. So I can't imagine being in one of those precarious situations in drag um whenever i have to be in drag if i have to get somewhere or if i have to be somewhere that i would argue is not safe i would not do it um or i would have to have uh my my team batsy with me like my support system would be there with me so i'm not all by my lonesome so i feel protected and safe in that regard but luckily nothing crazy no i haven't had any weirdos Mm. You kind of answered it there, but I was going to ask, you know, are you are you just walking around the, the mall or, or your <laughs> stop? You, you know, if you haven't had a, a performance or something recently, right? I mean, we just would, you know, hopefully we're just coming out of COVID now, right? Mm-hmm. And probably didn't have as many performances then, you know, and you still want to kind of get that feeling, uh, you know, would you go and walk around the mall or shopping or anything like that? I wouldn't know. That's just, that's another situation. So when it comes to my drag for a lo- like for a long time now, uh, it's unless it's like fueling my art or if I'm getting exposure from it or I find it's valid, uh, I won't get in drag without a paycheck unless I'm recording something on my own or doing something for a friend or along those lines. Um, it's just like it's a big commitment. It co- it costs a lot of money. It's a huge investment. You don't get into drag wanting to make money. Um, it. It can happen, but it's definitely not guaranteed. It is certainly a passion first. And for the longest time, I know you mentioned COVID, uh, what a lot of the entertainers were doing. We did uh, we did online shows. We, we would go to these spaces that we would normally go to uh, during COVID where we would be able to say like a bar and we would film and live stream from there or we would film music videos for Pride. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, we, we found workarounds. We, we made it happen. It obviously it sucked for everyone. Um, especially the people who died. Um, so (laughs) I think we, I think I was, we're lucky on that front. So I'm not, I wasn't too worried about it. We were all being safe and we were still able to express our art, uh, how we wanted to just not as close as we wanted to. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I was very curious on that. Now, speaking about these spaces, right? If there's anybody listening, um, where would people find these safe spaces? Is there a community? Is there groups? You know, I know you said you don't use Facebook much, but is there Facebook groups? Is there, you know, a, a separate Google website or anything like that? How would somebody go about finding these safe community spaces? Yeah, there's absolutely. They're all over the place. Um, I know for the one that I started out going to was Club 717 in Oshawa. I don't perform there anymore. However, uh, when I first started out, uh, I was able to find a community um, that I felt comfortable in for the longest time. And I've, I'm very grateful to them and I always will be forever. Um, but you can find it. You can go on Facebook. You can find you can find groups and find local community groups. I know PFLAG does a lot of things. I think that's pa uh, parents of lesbians and gay teens or something along those lines. PFLAG uh, is amazing. They do a lot of charity events. You can do they have youth groups and they have adult um, like parent groups to talk about how to best navigate um, having a queer or trans or LGBTQ plus child. And it's, uh, they have amazing resources available. PFLAG for one is all across Canada. So you can definitely find them. Uh, the Trevor Project is amazing. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ways to reach out and uh, find the community because we're here and we're not going anywhere. Awesome. Now, before we kind of get into my last um, closing questions and, and where people can find you, not just yet. Do you have any questions for me? Did how what made you want to bring on a drag entertainer? Because I noticed, uh, I obviously I I creeped through your page and I loved what I saw. And you you do an amazing podcast here. But what um what does what did you decide? What made you decide to bring on a uh, a drag entertainer like myself? Um. Well, first off, like I said, a lot of it is is I'm not informed, right? And uh, I don't like I I'm gonna be very honest with you. I didn't even know what drag was, right? I was I was at because you know Google, Google does so much, but Google also doesn't really help you. Uh, yeah, no, having somebody to ask about it is incredibly helpful. Yeah, and and it's also a different perspective. Now I know you mentioned everybody should try drag. I can already tell you I'm not somebody who I think I would enjoy that. I don't see <laughs> right? Yeah. But I also think, again, it comes down to being a human first, right? So I don't, I don't want to – I created the podcast because I wanted to promote people and businesses and entertainers and stuff like that, right? And I've never had anybody even close to this on. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit and allowing uh, this experience to happen because I feel like for a lot of your viewers as well, this could be a really insightful uh, interview. And I think uh, it shows a lot of courage because, uh, forgive me, I assume you're heterosexual, right, Dylan? Yes. Yes. And so you having the initiative to reach out to myself uh, already just is astounding to me because a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't even want a drag entertainer on here, right? Because of all the stigma that's going on. Um, so I really appreciate that. And I want to say thank you for bringing me on and uh, allowing me to maybe broaden your mind as well as everyone else's. Because I'm also a believer in the, the, ones, the one instead of the other, if that makes sense. You're a person first. Yeah, yeah, for sure, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've got three questions I ask every one of my guests. I'm excited to ask them to you, too. First question, and you can answer this any way you want, in drag, out of drag, both, different answers, same 
Raptors, doesn't matter to me. All Perfect. Here. What three qualities do you possess that make you successful? Ooh. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, I am charismatic. I think I can, I could make you laugh no matter who you are. I pride myself on that. That's my main thing. Uh, I am also <clears throat> very kind. I pride myself on making sure that I am accommodating and kind to the people that I work with, because if it weren't for the people that I work with, I wouldn't have a job. Right. Um, so being kind, being charismatic, and I guess just being drop dead gorgeous helps a lot too. <laughs> I love Maybe it. a little bit. <laughs> Help me. That's for sure. Say it one more time. Sorry. You cut out. That's helped me. That's for sure. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. It's an amazing trait, isn't it? If you could go back in time, what is something that you would tell your younger self? Uh, that's a tough question. I I think if I could go back, um, I would pretty much just reaffirm that everything you've gone through is uh, as significant as you feel. You, I would just affirm how baby Batsy feels and tell her that everything's going to be okay and that uh, you'll find your, your crowd and your tribe uh, sooner than you might think. Okay. What is something you do every day that you are proud of? I'm not going to lie. I uh, I just invested in a whole new coffee setup and I make uh, a cup of coffee the way that I like it at, as soon as I wake up, pretty much every morning without fail. Uh, and it, it may or may not be uh, Batsy's Resting Witch Face coffee blend <laughs> available at any Batsy event. Uh, however... It's it's given me a reason to wake up in the morning, if that makes sense. Yeah. Something I'm very passionate about. It does. You actually just kind of flowed perfectly into my next question. You spoke about coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where can people find your coffee, selling coffee, anything like that? How did you get into that? Yeah. Well, um, I've worked in, I won't say for who because I don't want to get sued for anything I say later on. But I worked for a, a large, a, a rather large coffee company uh, for a very long time. And although as sweet and amazing as all of my coworkers were, um, I, I started going and just exploring coffee on my own and experiencing all of the different types of coffees that weren't just at that one place. And uh, the people at Deadly Grounds really opened my mind and they showed me some really amazing blends and just showed me a different way of life. And I fell in love. I re fell in love with coffee all over again. And it's something that I I've, I've liked for a while, but I just, I couldn't get into because of where I was. It just, it it made it work. And now once again, like drag, it's a passion of mine. So I partnered with them and we came out with the most amazing coffee blend that I drink every morning. It's chocolate and marshmallow flavored. I mean, like who would, doesn't that, who wouldn't like that flavor? <laughs> and uh, they can find it at any Batsy event that I'm hosting, as well as we're looking at getting an online storefront within the next few weeks. And at you my, said... oops, sorry, no, go on, go on. I was just gonna say at my Instagram, uh, the Queen Batsy. And you said you partnered with somebody. Was that Deadly Grounds? Yep, uh, Deadly Grounds Canada. Uh, they're an awesome coffee company that work with local entertainers and other small businesses, and they're in over 150 plus retailers all across Canada. Uh, and I I love them dearly. 
last thing you just kind of touched on it there but where can people find you they can find me at instagram tiktok youtube twitter all over the place at uh the queen batsy with that is t-h-e-q-u-e-e-n batsy b-a-t-z-y i can spell my dyslexia act- is acting up <laughs> no one scores no uh, dashes nothing like that nope just the queen batsy plain and simple perfect Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you, and uh, I wish you the best in the future. Thank you for having me, Dylan. I really appreciate this opportunity. All right. Have a great night. Yes, you too. Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. Please don't forget to like and share this. I'm trying to get this to everybody, uh, any person that you know in Ontario, Canada, um, or anybody that you know comes to Ontario, Canada. I uh, I want to really highlight businesses and people who are in the area. Thanks, guys. Don't forget, like and share and comment. And I'll see you next time. Peace.